0: And we are back. I believe it has been just about five months since our last episode, and I'm sorry it has taken so long to get back in the wagon. I'm embarrassed to say this episode was recorded right before Thanksgiving, and at the time I told Carol it would be out in just a few weeks. Carol, we miss you, Troy, and Mishka. I hope all is well, and thank you for your patience, generosity, and friendship. Thank you again for being part of Strongtown. And if anyone is looking to follow Carol on her adventures, you can find her on Instagram at chomama13. Thank you all, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Strongtown Talks. I am your host, Dan Gallagher. This is a show where we talk with the people and friends of the Strongtown community. Okay guys, welcome back. Welcome to another week, another episode of Strongtown Talks. I am your host Dan Gallagher. I am here today with a a member of ours, Carol. Carol started at Strongtown in. I I looked this up before I got on the show because I couldn't remember Mm -hmm. what the actual date was, but I think it was basically the end of March, early April of this past year. So you've been with us for about eight, nine months now at this point. We've gotten to know you over this time. You're an amazing person. And when you came here, it was always sort of you were in a transition a of a transitionary period of your life where I think you were here for a little bit and we'll get into more of the story of everything, but you know mm-hmm. come to have it the week before Thanksgiving right now when we're recording this. and um, uh, right after Thanksgiving, Carol, I-, I believe you are moving on to the next chapter of your life, yes, which is which is very exciting. So yes. we'll get there soon. But normally when I start out these shows, I like to have whoever comes on, just introduce yourself, talk about who you are, where you grew up, Mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll we'll take it from there.
1: Okay, awesome. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I get to be on a podcast. (laughs) Um, So yes, my name is Carol Cho, and I was born and raised in New Jersey. I grew up in Hackettstown, New Jersey, Okay, closer to Pennsylvania.
0: I feel like I know that name. Just do they have like a big road sign on one of the turnpikes somewhere in Jersey? Maybe off
1: of Route eighty. Yeah, going west. Okay. Uh-huh. And let's see. So that's me. I, I grew up in in New Jersey. I uh, went to Westmore Central High School in Chester, New Jersey. Went to Rutgers University. Oh, I didn't know that. In New Brunswick, and I uh, majored in art. And um, you
0: you were an actual an art major.
1: I was an art major. My concentration was photography. I did a lot of social documentary photography. And I was an exhibiting artist when I was living in Eastern Europe. So I, I, I traveled and lived in three countries in my 20s and 30s. Then when I came back to the U.S., um, I found that the, the art wasn't what I wanted to do. Like I thought that's what I wanted to do, but it, I, I didn't find any kind of um, fulfillment from it. And, uh, and there was also the, you know, the starving artist life wasn't very yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a tough lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> so,
0: so we're going back up just a little, you grew up in Jersey. You're how many siblings do you have?
1: I have three younger sisters,
0: three younger sisters. Mm-hmm. You are the oldest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So growing up, if you went to college for art, I'm assuming you were more into art in high school Were you a theater person. Was was the gym a thing for you at that time? Were you into fitness at all?
1: In, in growing up and in high school, I I played, um, I played lacrosse. My, my main thing was actually gymnastics. So I did competitive gymnastics, uh, in high school. I even coached, uh, when I was, uh, when I was in college, my dream was always to be an Olympic gymnast, but that never happened. I actually injured myself in high school. I got a stress fracture in my lower back. So I had to stop. Um, I wore a metal brace, uh, for six months. Which is never—it wasn't a cool look when you're in high school. <laughs> always right. Made you very self-conscious. High school's tough
0: enough without a metal brace.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So growing up, um, gymnastics, lacrosse. My dad was very active. He played tennis every day. He—it's so funny because now that I do CrossFit and doing these hero workouts, and my dad—he um, was a, a Vietnam vet, ex-Rock Marine. Growing up, I would always see him doing like air squats, push-ups, pull-ups, right, uh, dips. And to me, I didn't ever associate that with his training. I just thought, oh, that's just my dad loving to work out. Fitness for him was really important to to him and for his girls to make sure that we were always healthy. So we played a lot of tennis. Um, we swam a lot. I think every single day after dinner, we'd clean up and then we'd go walk around the block because it was good for the digestion.
0: <laughs> that's really cool you guys would do that. Yeah. My father was a Vietnam vet as well. I, I remember growing up, he didn't actually work out. Much i I don't remember him doing much fitnessing, but I do remember him being b- very critical of um mine and Mikey's push ups, okay, and then we used to have to do push ups every now and then, and if the form got slappy, he would uh, he would try to you know basically shame us into until it became a little better.
1: That's so funny and so. um
0: so but push ups were his thing, like he was always very um big on that. And I remember when he did when he was in the gym and we did have the opportunity to get him involved in here for a bit with with doing the classes. A lot of what we did, with the exception of some of the barbell and some of the more, like, technical Olympic lifts, a lot of what we were doing reminded him of some of the PT stuff that he used to have to do back in, you know, the boot camp days and uh, back in Vietnam.
1: Yeah, and and when my, when my guy friends would come over in high school and even in college or, or growing up in my 20s, he would always want to have a push-up contest. So he'd be like, all right, how many push-ups can you do? You know, his whole thing was like he could beat any young man. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... And he would. He was in phenomenal shape his entire life. But that was his whole thing, like push-up contests, pull-up contests.
0: I think it's great. You always say that fitness is supposed to be a lifestyle thing.
1: Yep, yep.
0: And, it, you know, it's really cool to see that, although not everyone does it in a gym, but that does sort of transfer over to these everyday lives. In college, did were you involved, were you playing lacrosse and gymnastics at all throughout your college years, or was that just mostly art and doing a little bit of traveling and...
1: Yeah, when I um I think I kind of got a little bit lost after gymnastics ended because I I loved it so much and it wasn't like I was so good that I had any shot of being in the Olympics at all or even in being in college gymnastics competing at the collegiate level. I just loved it so much and I I didn't know I wasn't interested in any other sport, so I went into college just thinking, "All right, you know, I'll I'll get my degree and fitness was not a priority at all. Like I wasn't interested in fitness. I think I remember a couple of times going jogging for 15 minutes and that 15 minutes felt like an hour, you know. It was not important.
0: I remember going to the gym a couple times in college and it was – I was never able to have it become part of my routine. I feel like I used to go occasionally and then I found it kind of boring and then there's too many other things going on. So it was never really part of the general routine or or lifestyle at that point.
1: No, there were so many other more – Enjoyable and, and fun activities to do. Right.
0: <laughs> you studied art in college. Mm-hmm. I believe, I think you work for New York Life. I do. Yep. Um believe you're an insurance agent.
1: I am. Yep. Yep. So okay. I do uh, retirement, insur- insurance professional, retirement planning. So I do the insurance, the investments, the full fledged. Yep. Okay. Financial planning.
0: How did you get involved in that? Was it basically just, I don't like art anymore. and Now I'm going to go do something to make more of a, a career?
1: Right. So as I said before, I spent my um, 20s and most of my 30s traveling abroad. I've lived in three countries, and I've been to maybe almost 30 countries, just tourists, traveling around.
0: What were the three countries you lived in?
1: Uh, Macedonia, Chile, and Korea. Okay. Yep, so I spent three and a half years in Macedonia, um, three years in Santiago, Chile, and then a year in South Korea. Oh, wow. And then other countries in between. And I would come back of course and maybe spend a couple of months or maybe a year and then um, take off again and I just kept doing that and then when I came back in my mid-30s I basically said okay you know you've done a lot of bouncing around and traveling now it's time to be serious about where you want to take your life and that's how I crossed paths with New York Life and started a financial planning practice
0: before you came here you were in the Westchester area
1: yes yep
0: is that where you sort of planted your roots when you first came back to the States or did you bounce around a little bit? I bounced there?
1: around a little bit between um, Jersey City, Hoboken, New Jersey area, yeah. and then lived in Westchester because that's where the New York Life office was. Okay. And then uh, moved to Stanford, Connecticut. The pandemic happened and that's how we came over here to Middlebury, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and now I'm going back to Jersey City for several reasons, but yeah. the timing is right to go back
0: how did you first find CrossFit? Where did that fit into your whole story? Because yes. you came to us with a decent amount of experience. You, you fit right in here. <laughs> it's been great to have you.
1: So oh, I've loved it. And, and and it's been so nice to be part of the Strong Town family. I, I think it was, we were living in White Plains, New York. And at that time, my dad, that year, my dad got diagnosed with um, end stage stomach cancer. And they said he would have like 1 to 3 months to live he actually ended up living for i think like 8 or 10 months i can't really remember but it was around the time where we knew he probably only had um very like maybe days or weeks left so troy thought a really good distraction for me would be to get into crossfit so he found he's like i think you're really going to like it you know you you really enjoy gymnastics we were going to New York sports club, doing like just traditional weightlifting. I was actually training with him for his first bodybuilding show. So he did a physique show.
0: Okay. So we
1: would train <laughs> I together. I not know this about Troy. Yeah, we trained together. Um, you know, we... I started to do part of the diet with him. And then soon, like after a couple of weeks, I'm like, this stinks. You're you're on your did own. Did he go with the diet. he went
0: full into? Because the diet is, I think, some of the hardest it part. It was of that.
1: so hard, the diet part, but he yeah. went full into it. And and he he made it on stage. He did a show. He came in first place for his age class. He did an amazing job. I'm so proud of him. So I was training with him, and then he said, you know what, you probably would really enjoy CrossFit. So he found a place and we checked out the place together. I did a trial class and I thought this is kind of interesting um, and it just kind of stuck. Like I didn't fall in love with it instantly at first, but I loved the group format and I didn't like group classes at like a gym. Those just seemed boring.
0: You know, it's weird because when I tell people that our primary offering is basically like group classes, I think a lot of people just think about the gym in terms of more of a traditional gym and yep. commercial gyms so when they hear group classes it's you know a spin class that comes to mind or um a, a class that they used to sort of run the gym but it it's like oh it's a class but it's different than the classes you're used to and totally
1: <laughs> yep and that's how i felt so i and it was perfect timing too because then my dad passed away and it was just kind of like the good the perfect distraction for me um to deal with the the loss of my father and then just to keep my mind and my body healthy and occupied. Mm -hmm. And then it it turned into, you know, turned into kind of like an obsession where like now my friends and my colleagues were like, Oh my God, you're one of those like really annoying CrossFit chicks, aren't you? It just (laughs) doesn't stop talking about CrossFit. (laughs) So I did that for a year and a half. And then we moved to Stanford, Connecticut. And I stopped CrossFit for, I guess, a year and a half, almost two years because Troy and I were going to a just a regular gym together, because um, it was one of those things where he's like, let's just do it together. This will be our activity together. We're doing too many separate activities. Yeah. So we would do we would go to the gym together. We would work out together, and then we would make up our own kind of cross-hit-fit workouts together. People the gym knew us as like the couple that works out together. And, yeah. Um, and then when we moved here, I was like, you know, I kind of miss CrossFit. I want to get back into it. And I was actually really nervous. I was like, wow, it's been two years – I, I might've lost a lot of strength, but I have to say what I've learned in my fitness journey is that it's really important to work on all the different kinds of types of fitness. Meaning the CrossFit really helped me when I went back to bodybuilding and then the bodybuilding, wow, really helped me when it came back to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got stronger. So it taught me like, it's really important to kind of be diverse with, how you go about your physical fitness.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I find myself, I tend to go down these rabbit holes along the way. Like, you know, just recently I did that race and that was sort of dabbling a bit more in the endurance side of things than I've ever done before. And it's, um, but I, I feel like it's all part of the process and, and it's it's a good way for us to sort of develop and, and learn. And we learn about ourselves along the way too. Yep. And it becomes uh, it becomes very enabling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how did, and I don't know this story, how did you and Troy first meet? Or where where was that?
1: Uh, we met through a dating app. Okay. okay. Cupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, four, five years ago. So I got back to the country and was hanging out with some girlfriends. And they're like, oh, you know, you're going to start dating. <laughs> I was like, nope, not interested. Yeah. I'm very focused on my work. I'm very focused on my life right now. Um, but somehow they convinced me to create a profile okay and it happens yeah it happens and i guess troy and i whatever we liked each other on there yeah um and it was it was were you guys
0: somewhat local or close at the time
1: no not even because he was in jersey city and i was in westchester okay but i was always in the area because of work and he and he wanted i remember thinking like oh i'll I'll meet up with this person for uh, a drink and uh He's like, no, I, you know, I was wondering if we could just have a conversation first. And I thought that's really strange. Like, you want to, ha- you want to talk on the phone? <laughs> what? That's so weird. Like nobody, it's so rare these days for people wanting to talk on the phone.
0: R- unless it's work related. For unless the most it's part. work yeah. related,
1: right? But when I was growing up, you know, you could spend hours talking to oh, a yeah. friend on the phone.
0: I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we used to have to have multiple phone lines, and the phone would beep for call waiting. Yes. And yep. Then the internet happened, and that was a big issue with the phones. And yep. yeah.
1: And, and nowadays, people don't have conversations on the phone. It's text messages, whatever right. uh, social platform you're using to communicate with even your best friend or your family. But he wanted to have a conversation on the phone. And his whole thing was like, I need to be able to have a conversation with this person before I even think about going on a coffee or a cocktail with okay. this person.
0: That's fair. So,
1: yeah. And we ended up talking for hours the first time we spoke on the phone. Really? Yeah. And then... Coffee and then drinks, and five years later.
0: So you made it past the initial screening.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've had the opportunity to meet Troy here for you know you will come in for the beer wads and the yeah. social stuff, and uh, I kept hoping we might actually get him to like do a load of some of the crossfit I stuff. Oh, but... me
1: too. Yeah.
0: So that kind of brings us up to speed with some of how you got here. So this next chapter of your life mm-hmm. is it's going to be a bit more nomadic, almost. So you are. If I understand this correct, you guys have evaluated your situation, and
1: yeah, it might be a few years from what you and I initially.
0: Okay. Yeah. But you are basically trying to retire early in some ways, mm-hmm. and you're going to be selling your house, selling your car, selling Lots a, of a lot of anything that's really tying you guys down, and you guys are going to get in it's an RV or yeah, uh, some sort of mobile,
1: some sort living of living
0: situation, and and yeah. you're going to take the uh, take the show on the road.
1: Yep, yep. And what I thought was going to happen within a matter of months, we've quickly learned that this might be something that might happen over a course of a couple of years to make sure we can set ourselves up yeah. in the best possible way. But the the journey is that we very quickly kind of like amassed stuff and realized that this, this is not the kind of life that we wanted to create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we really want to- I think humans
0: are pack rats, by the way.
1: Yes, We yeah. just
0: accumulate things.
1: Yep. But I'm—I've I'm, always lived a very nomadic lifestyle, so it really quickly got to the point where I was living a life that didn't kind of fulfill my my values. Mm-hmm. And having we have a townhouse that we that we just sold, um, we have a condo that we needed to get rid of as well. And we quickly learned that we don't want to be homeowners or landlords or just have all of these obligations. Yeah, and it's different because. We don't have kids. So there's really nothing that needs to tie us down to one area. Mm-hmm. We can really very easily bounce around. Um, and that really is the kind of lifestyle that I enjoy is being able to bounce around and not being able to be tied back mm-hmm. by just the things that we own.
0: I think one of the hardest parts about that is, um, I'm sure you're dealing with it too, but you know, we, we just naturally make connections to people and yes. that you know, family is something that keeps people in certain areas and just friends and just everything. So I remember I did did my year abroad in London. That was one of the things that sort of, you know, brought me back here or that, you know, I met people while I was over there too, but then it was very, you know, I have my parents here and Mike and Sarah, and then just the community of everyone is, um, it can be a real, it can be very difficult to leave that sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, yes, absolutely. Um, and I think the, one of the things that I've enjoyed, though, bouncing around and, and traveling, is that you do make those friendships right. everywhere you go, and and so it, what's what I really enjoy is being able to bounce around from place to place and knowing that I have a friend that I can reconnect with, yes. and we just kind of talk and continue from where we left off. Mm-hmm. So that's been that's been really nice in this experience that I've, the life that I've created for myself in my from my travels, but that's another huge reason why when I was maybe 35 or 36, I came back to the US and said, okay, I need to kind of grow roots here is because I got to the point where I really did want to be closer to my friends and family mm-hmm. and to my mom. And at my, at one point I thought I'll, I'll do one more stint abroad. I was looking at New Zealand and Australia cause wow. I have friends okay. there. And I just, I was just thinking, you know, my grandmother's getting really old. If she passes away, yeah. it's going to, it's going to be like a 36 hour flight trip back home. And just thought to myself, you know what? You, you had a really good run, uh traveling abroad come back make a, a home for yourself a life for yourself in the u.s and then traveling could be one of those just you can always continue to travel in right. vacation versus trying to constantly live abroad living abroad is very taxing too so mentally and emotionally yeah because you do miss your friends and your family and there's always culture shock everywhere you go too
0: right you'll be going to Jersey city for a little bit mm-hmm. and you'll be staying there while you sort of get yourself ready before you guys head off. Have you thought of any, and I know you guys, when you were here, you had a bit of a home gym and then you had this and fitness really is a big part of your lifestyle. Now, have you thought about how you're going to be incorporating that on the road? Or are you planning on being, this nomadic CrossFitter that's just hopping into boxes everywhere they go?
1: Yeah, I have uh, thought about that. Okay. And that's what I thought. Like, I'll just, you know, I'll get to experience all these different kinds of gyms. And yeah. and also, Troy and I were thinking, too, like, depending on where we are, maybe maybe there isn't a CrossFit gym, but maybe there's, like, I don't know, a Jiu-Jitsu gym. And then we'll just pick up that sport. Like, I love learning new things and experiencing new things. So yeah. um, being... Having traveled, you kind of learn how to go with the flow and being nimble and flexible. So I've decided I'll make my fitness journey like that as well, just kind of going with the flow and whatever is there. That will be what I kind of learn and absorb and incorporate into my lifestyle. Troy, I think for him, he really needs a little bit more um, of a schedule. So he will he will be seeking out. In fact, it'll probably be where we will we will park our RV or small living situation. Um, According to where there is a gym for him, I think, <laughs> that's probably how we'll we'll pick a spot
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you have some options. there's some flexibility yeah. there, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Is there anything that you that's sort of like a must have on your trip? and so for for me, it's like coffee is a big part of my life. we We spoke about this. We were talking a little bit about coffee before we start recording today. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like I would be good with a lot of things like, okay, I have my laptop and phone and whatnot. I would just need to make sure that my coffee situation that I can do now, I, I can still kind of like do on, on the road. Is there anything that, that this is a habit or a routine or, or even if it's just an object that you feel like you have to take with you?
1: Wow. Um, that was one of the things I learned about myself with this place as we're getting rid of stuff is Troy and I were thinking like, there's nothing that we're so attached to yeah. that we can't seem to get rid of. Like everything we're selling in our house the owners even or the new owners, they they walked around and they made a list of things that they wanted it to, to buy from us. So they pretty much selected everything. And we're like, that's fine. Take oh, it. Oh, that off. worked out great. Yeah, it did. It did. It yeah. worked out great. Like they down to this really silly rug in the office. So like, we want that rug. You know, it was like 50 bucks from Amazon. So we love the rug. <laughs> sure. You know, all right, take it. To to a mirror that's like hanging against a wall. Nothing special at all. So for me, I'm not the only thing that hang really attached to is Troy and Mishka. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. And then, obviously. of course, the laptop and the cell phone. Um, but good coffee is important for sure. Yes. Yeah. Good coffee is very important. Um, and no, that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Yeah. I can live very simply. It, there was a point in my life where everything fit into – so I used to fly paragliders and when I would travel around the world, it would be like my paragliding backpack and then one carry-on. And that was all I ever owned, just hopping around.
0: I am forever guilty of just filling my bag. (laughs) Like whatever size bag I take, I will fill. And it doesn't matter how long the trip is. I will bring five more pairs of shoes than I probably need to. And I'm pretty simple. Once I'm there, I'll wear the same thing pretty much every day. But I I like to feel like I have options going into these things. And I am an awful packer.
1: I think I am too, but that's the thing. Like, if you if if someone gave you a small bag, you oh, you'll would make work it work, with it, right? But yes. if someone gives you a big bag, you'll fill that up, right? Yeah, I'm the same way. But if you had to, you could totally. I know. Probably fit everything into a small bag if someone said this is all you can bring.
0: I know Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you listen to yes. any of his stuff, yeah. but he's yeah. very big on sort of these, you know, efficiency of traveling and packing, and you know what you must take with you and things like that. Yep. This came up in a bit of a side. No, we were talking one day after class and you were talking about the podcast. And I didn't realize that you also do some voiceover work. Like you have a few little side projects or side <laughs> hustles, I don't know what you want to call them, that you're involved in.
1: We've dabbled in um, voiceover work. Okay. Troy and I.
0: How did you get involved in that?
1: Uh, because Troy Asking has an amazing myself. voice. And I kind of want to pimp him out, actually, because he's got this (laughs) amazing voice. And I said to him, I said, you know, you should do some voiceover work. He's like, yeah, I've thought about it. So I did the research um, and then found, found, I guess, like a a school or a company. And we took a few courses. Uh, We got into the demo studio. We have um, a demo tape of voiceover work. And I've done a couple of things for New York Life for free. And for fun, and Troy's done some for what stuff their, for his PR, company.
0: marketing, advertising type stuff. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, internal stuff too. Yeah, actually, not not public facing. And Troy as well. Actually, he's done some public facing work for his company too, some voiceover stuff. And it's something that we think about adding into the bigger picture down the road. Like voiceover work is something that you can do any time in your life. You can be in your sixties, seventies, and eighties, and at the convenience of your home, like this. You can do voiceover work. And bringing that income so I know a couple of people that do it like that and they do pretty well yeah
0: I think one of the hardest parts is just actually sort of reading things I'm guilty of it like there's a show I listen to called how did this get made and, and
1: yes we w- listen right to where too. they
0: right. review these awful movies and the host of the show Paul Shear, at the end he does um, uh, was a second opinions for every movie that they do he kind of goes on Amazon and he finds the people that wrote these five-star reviews and he'll read their their review he does such a great job of picking up the character and the emotion behind the review where it doesn't just sound like he's just reading it mm-hmm. and really kind of giving the person the review some life, which I've always been, just been really impressed that he has that ability. Like I think a lot of actors do, but that they can really sort of just give these written words, they, they can really sort of add some life to them and give them a personality, which yeah. is very impressive. I think that's actually a very difficult thing to do.
1: You have an amazing voice. And I've told Thank you, you this before. I'm like, you got to, you got, you, you need can to create a demo. You can pimp me and Troy demo- out if you want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That'll be my, I'll be, you know, managers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> voice acting manager. <laughs> right. But you've got an incredible voice and I've told you that. And you should look into creating a demo tape and. Yeah, I will. Yeah.
0: No, it's something I, uh, yeah, there, there's another show. Smartless. Like Will Arnett, he's done, I don't know how many different commercials. He's like the voice of GMC and, okay. you know, he was a Lego Batman, um, and he's done a, his career is his voice. Um, so some people really have been able to
1: Yep. You
0: know, turn it into sort of a, a, a livelihood.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: I like it. So Carol, you've been a strong town now for eight, nine months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How is your strong town experience? I, I mean, how is it compared to your life in Westchester? I think you were, was it Westchester CrossFit or CrossFit cross, West, Westchester Fit? I think now Fit, they're what? Westchester Fit. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of gyms have gotten rid of the CrossFit out of their name. Yeah. And from what I've heard, it's because it, it, I think that the name CrossFit kind of intimidates the public when they don't really know.
0: Well, it, it's a weird... It, I think CrossFit is because it's like Kleenex and tissue. Like it's become such a strong brand that it's polarizing one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, we're, we're maintaining the CrossFit affiliation, but I, I do think there's a value sometimes to not, basically not, you know, punching someone in the face with the word CrossFit. If they're sort of on the fringe with something, CrossFit will either sort of it can potentially turn someone off from even trying it just because they, yep. they have a certain opinion or impression of what CrossFit might be, even yep. though we might be doing things totally different, but that they see that brand and they, there's instantly sort of an association with it. Yep. So yep. I think a lot of gyms have done it for that reason.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: I think in Westchester, I think they are still actually a CrossFit affiliate as well. I think
1: so too, but I remember Chris saying that he felt he had, the, the name was intimidating people from even looking into it yeah. and trying it out. and. And and like you guys, you know, he wants to be able to to bring this kind of fitness to the community, and that it's not as scary as
0: Chris is a little more intimidating than me and Mikey, though I think.
1: <laughs> yes, <it's laughs> he's, very serious. He, he's a strong athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but how has your strong time experience been? Have, is, has oh, it's it been, been different? Was it what you expected, or was it? It's
1: it it's been better than I expected. You guys are incredibly friendly, and it. it it's not intimidating to be here and to work out. And some places I've been to feel a little bit, maybe clicky or something, but here everyone's just so friendly and open and it's, I have loved it. So yeah. it's it exceeded my expectation. That was one of the hesitations of joining a gym too. And I started off like, I think with eight classes, I'm like, I just want to see.
0: Yeah. I remember that actually. <laughs> I feel
1: comfortable here because you know, is very, he's, he's, not shy at all. I can be very, very shy and very introverted. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, I have to make sure I don't feel too intimidated and shy. So
0: I, I could say, I think the first time I met Troy, he asked how business was.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not shy. Right. He'll just ask any question. Two yeah. minutes
0: into the conversation. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, Okay. Hello.
1: Yep. That's him. And uh, I quickly, I think within a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh yes, I'm definitely changing my membership from eight classes a month to unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you've, you're a great athlete. Um, it's yeah. great having you in the class. It's cool to see you sort of walk on your hands and do some of the gymnastics stuff. You also do a very good job of taking advantage of the open gym hours yep. and stuff too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've absolutely enjoyed it. And I've seen my fitness really, because when I did CrossFit in Westchester, all the workouts I did RX and never did I think I would ever do anything or no, Not RX, scaled. Okay. And never did I, I I was always, I always wondered, like, when will I get to the point where I can do stuff RX? And when I hopped into classes here, and I attribute it to all the bodybuilding that I did in Stanford at the gym, but very quickly I was like, wow, I'm doing these workouts RX. This is crazy. This is wild. But not only have I gotten stronger here, then there are things that I've learned here finally too. Like, I finally learned how to do a handstand push up properly. Finally, I'm learning how to get my double-unders. Yes. And finally, like, hitting PRs. So it's it's been, in this short time that I've been here, it's been a pretty crazy journey. I come home, like, jumping up and down, telling Troy about just some of the little wins that I've had.
0: Well, I have a memory. I think, I forget who it was, but it was one of the mornings. I think it was a back squat day. And you are, you are a strong squatter. And someone was commenting on, I think, all the weight you had on your bar. And you... I forgot what the weight was, but you kind of told them like, look, you're, when you first started, you're, you're squatting 80 pounds, 70 pounds, yep. barely. Yep. A- and the other day, I think you're doing like one 160 or whatever it was for however many reps. And mm-hmm. it was good. Cause I, I think sometimes it's tough for new people. They'll, they'll see someone who's lifting a certain number of weights and, and the journey that took that person to get there is sometimes often lost and and not everyone realizes that you know everyone starts somewhere and that we yeah. weren't always you weren't always squatting the way that you are now
1: yeah and i i have friends and my sister they'll they'll email me or text me because like, my one sister she's she's 30 years old and is that the
0: sister that tried out a class here
1: no her twin sister okay she's barely a 100 pounds and she's <laughs> getting into bodybuilding i
0: i thought you were going to crush her that class right <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, but um and she's she she's constantly texting me like, "Oh my gosh, like how long is it going to take me to get to this point? How long did it take you?" Like I can't believe you're doing that weight. And I'm always telling Julie, I'm like, "You'll get there. I swear you'll get right. there as long as you're steady and consistent." And just one day you realize you're you're just hitting these bigger numbers. But like that ex- expression goes, like success Looks like it's overnight, but you never see all the work that people have done right. to get to that point. So Julia, my younger sister, just sees this one PR and she calls me up and saying, when am I going to get to that point? <laughs> and she just started.
0: It's tough. And we've even seen it with people over the years. I remember we had one person who was kind of, he was upset that he wasn't going sort of qualifying for the games or, or the regionals or whatever the next level was at the time. And he was equating it to that he had been doing this for X amount of time and that he knew someone else who had been doing it for X amount of time and that person was a regional level athlete and that he wasn't a regional level athlete.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just remember talking to him, it's like, well, yeah, but this person's life and their background that sort of took them to there, despite, despite that they've been doing CrossFit for 24 months or 36 months or however long, it, it's going to be different for everyone.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. You can't compare your journey to anybody else's journey. You can only compare your journey to yourself.
0: I like that. Carol, it's been great having you at the gym. We are going to miss you. I'm excited. Um, I hope that you do whatever this next chapter of your life is. And I know it might take a little while to actually sort of get, make that happen. But I hope you share the experience online and that you sort of document it in some ways so that people can sort of – I'd love to follow your your journey and yeah. live vicariously through your travels <laughs>
1: Absolutely. and, and
0: yeah. uh, visiting all the gyms. Visiting gyms is probably one of my favorite things to do when I travel.
1: Yes, same with me. Because yep. I
0: think every gym's a little bit different. I enjoy, I geek out over the layout stuff and yeah, the equipment. And I feel like I probably just annoy the hell out of them because I, I, I hang out for too long and ask so many questions. Right. and <laughs> they're Like, all right, I got to go home. But
1: no, it's nice to see how other gyms not only set, set up their space, but you want to say like, what kind of community are they building? Like what kind of um, vibe have they created? Right. And, yeah.
0: So, Carol, normally when I wrap up these episodes, I like to run through sort of a series of sort of rapid fire questions. And yours are going to just be a little bit different today, just because um, the last question is sort of like what keeps coming back. So, that last question right. will be a l- <laughs> little bit different based on sort of uh, your journey. So, the first question that I like to start off with is that if you had the ability to go back in time and send yourself a message on your first day trying out a class, and this is, I guess, You know, it's always in reference to CrossFit or the gym or a lot of the people sort of they start out here. I know you started out, um, your fitness journey has been a little bit longer. So I I guess it would be if you go send yourself a message on your first day sort of trying out a a CrossFit class in Westchester, what would that message be?
1: Don't look at other people. Like don't compare yourself to um, anybody else. Just kind of focus on what you can do and not worry about what other people are doing. Because that's the thing. When you first start off, you feel like you kind of feel weak or inadequate or kind of intimidated by how other people are performing. And it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Do you remember
0: what your first workout was? I don't. No.
1: I do not remember.
0: Do you remember if you were intimidated or you were nervous about trying it out? I was nervous. You are?
1: Yeah. I was nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. Because I remember one of the first workouts included front squats. And I had the 35-pound bar and... 10 pounders on each side and it was so heavy (laughs) and it was so hard and felt so awkward. And I remember seeing the other girls with a lot more weight and I kind of felt a little self-conscious about it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Just focus on what you can do.
0: I think especially at first, some of the barbell stuff, the body adapts to it pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. But if it's something you haven't really done before, it can be a real shock to the system in terms of the balance and just the movement and the coordination. So,
1: and that's the other thing too. No one's really looking at you. So that's the other thing that my younger sister, who's getting into fitness, she she gets very self conscious mm-hmm. about other people looking at her and judging her, or criticizing her. And I, I I try to tell her no one really, no one really cares about you, right? No, like no one really cares yeah. about what you're doing. Everyone's really focused on what they're doing anyway.
0: I, yeah, I think for the most part, yeah, no one's. And it's weird because. When we get new people in class, it's like we are kind of watching them, and we're watching them more from sort of a safety and efficiency yep. perspective to make sure they're moving properly and that they're not doing anything crazy, yep, or, or getting too creative with the movement. It's uh, starting off is always tough.
1: It is um, tough. It is tough. But now, now I would say when I'm looking at other people, it isn't with that self conscious kind of mindset. It's um, I would say it's everybody else in the gym that pushes me to, to, to do better and push harder. Yeah. So now I'm looking at other people thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not working as hard as that person. I need to crank it up. Like I can, so the other people now motivate me Mm -hmm. versus like make me feel self-conscious about what's going on. Yeah.
0: No, it's right. It's, it's great when that you can sort of realize that it becomes a motivating factor instead of sort of something that makes you feel uncomfortable. So that's actually a good transition to my next question, Carol, mm-hmm. which is what is your most memorable moment or workout at Strongtown? And I'd like this to be sort of a Strongtown memory for you. So something within maybe the past eight or nine months. Is there anything that...
1: So many. Like the first time I... Um, it was Kat who taught me how to do the handstand pushup because I was doing strict ones. <laughs> and people have tried to teach me, but for some reason it's never clicked. And then she's like, this is how you do it. And she she just showed me and it clicked. Yeah. And that was... Oh my gosh, I was so excited. Like, oh my gosh, I can do handstand push-ups now. Right. Um, the double under was when I first started getting it here. And back squats, PR here uh, at 205, you know, yeah. that was here. So lots of, lots of memorable moments, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. I can't pick one.
0: No, it's, and it's only been nine months, which has mm-hmm. been crazy. I, I forgot about the handstand push-up. They used to do them strict. Yeah. <laughs> and it's impressive to have that strength.
1: Mm -hmm. but it's uh, not efficient and you, yeah.
0: Yes. If you don't need to do it. I mean, there are some workouts now where they're specifically programming strict handstand pushups as strength work, make it a little more difficult for the athletes. Um, But yeah, if you don't have to do them strict and you can kip, it's going to be a lot quicker and a lot easier on your shoulders. too.
1: Yep. And it's also the, some of the CrossFit, like I think gymnastics has helped with my CrossFit and vice versa, but Sometimes it's the gymnastics part of me that made some of the moves a little bit more challenging. Like in gymnastics, we don't do like the kipping pull-ups or the kipping handstand push-ups. So I've always been used to doing right. strict pull-ups and strict handstand push-ups. Yeah. So that motion was a little bit awkward.
0: Did you have to do legless? Rope, form. Did you have to do legless rope climbs in gymnastics? Yes. Yeah. When I was younger, in like a seated pike position. Yep.
1: And I, 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 I could not. I, can't, I can barely rope climb now by the way (laughs) well that's i've seen
0: the it's one of the most impressive things i think they do oh well granted they're incredibly strong with walking the hands and everything but just sitting in a perfect straddle just like up the rope legless i'm like oh boy okay i can't do that
1: i I mean uh, yeah and i mean i was much younger and weighed maybe half the amount right
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's still not easy no next question is we covered this a little bit, I guess, but what is something you never thought you'd be able to do that you are now able to do? So, and I guess this can either be at strong town or just going back to sort of when you first got into CrossFit, was there anything that you saw and going back to what you said about, you know, things being intimidating or people feeling like people are watching them. I think another thing that happened when new people first start is that they look at certain things like seeing someone do double unders or seeing someone do a handstand push up, which that was probably fine for you, but seeing certain movements that they kind of, their first response is that I'll never be able to do that.
1: RX, any workout RX, I really? thought I would never, not never, but I, I just thought like, when will I be able to do any of these workouts RX? Yeah. Yeah. So that's,
0: I that's my I, answer. I, <laughs> but R, RX is sometimes, I think people get caught up on the term because R, you can do, you can have a workout that's, you know, a 400 meter run and 50 air squats for a few rounds. And obviously you can do that RX and then... There are workouts like yesterday's workout had uh, power cleans at 185 pounds for guys and 125 pounds. So I think mm-hmm. sometimes there's like levels of RX workouts where it's some of the barbell or, or the heavier workouts that are a bit more intimidating.
1: Yep. But the, the ones that you guys post on the board. So I, I remember when I first started, a lot of the dumbbell workouts for females, RX would be like the 35 pound dumbbell, right? right? There was no way when I first started that I was using 35 pound dumbbells. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, when am I gonna get to the point where I can do anything, like any workout with 35 pound dumbbells. And then same with the kettlebells, it's usually the the yellow kettlebell. How much does that one weigh? I always forget. Uh,
0: Like 16 kilos or 36 pounds.
1: Right, that's usually the RX for females. Yes. And that was something that I never would do in my CrossFit workouts was a yellow kettlebell. Yeah. So there, there were just things like that where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait to, Get to the point where I'm strong enough and have also the endurance to be able to do a workout using those heavier weights. Uh, vest. Yeah. The, um, I haven't done a full Murph with the vest on, but I've done it where I'll do the, the, the running, the beginning at the end with the vest. So to me, that was exciting. Didn't Ooh. you do
0: like 400 air squats in Murph this year with the vest?
1: I think I did 500 because I did the math completely wrong. Because I. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that was math. Yeah. <laughs> yep. right. You went straight through the workout. Is that what happened? You were doing like the 100, 200, 300 or you did like a buy in?
1: I, I was breaking them. You came them. in you
0: did 100 and then you just kept doing.
1: Yeah, I was breaking them up and by the time I finished my by the time I finished my pull-ups and push-ups, I thought that the math was and I'd had 100 more air squats and then I could run. But at that point, I had already done, oh, maybe I had done three or three hundred. So then I did another hundred, so four hundred. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I messed that up, big time.
0: Yes, and I feel like I remember watching you do the workout <laughs> and seeing you doing air squats through. I know there, there's a lot of ways that people break up Murph, so there are some creative ways to like get through your reps. And then I just remember watching you do this sort of this air squat cash out at the end. I'm like, I feel like I saw her do a lot of squats in the workout. <laughs> Like you were doing rounds of 20 or something, and then you did the extra like 100. It was like, oh boy. And we, we figured it out afterwards when we talked about the math and, yep. and the numbers. Yep. And uh, yeah.
1: That's, that's always a struggle with me, CrossFit math.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we have the whiteboards. I
1: know.
0: I've always said CrossFit is, is going to bring the abacus back. It's like just like something that makes counting a little bit easier. Uh. Okay, Carol. What is a common myth you often hear about CrossFit or the gym that you wish could debunk?
1: That it's intimidating and um, you have to already be in really great shape to do it. Yeah. Oh, the other one is um, everyone that does CrossFit will get injured from CrossFit. And I've had some heated debates and discussions with colleagues about that too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I just...
0: I think that's the thing about you know CrossFit being this polarizing term is that they see that brand and they assume that it seems like I'll get you injured or...
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which... You know, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of uh, unfortunate because it's it's any kind of sport if you're not doing it the right way and if you're not smart about it, you're going to hurt yourself, right? Like right. I did gymnastics, and there was no polarizing debate about whether gymnastics is good or bad, and I got a stress fracture from doing gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are very opinionated and strong about how they feel with, about CrossFit and you know about you getting potentially injured. And I, I just think it has to do with, you know, your your body. How in tune are you with your body? You know, your self awareness. Yeah. Do you have a good coach? Are you going to a good gym? All those things are part of um, your journey in CrossFit and, and how well you'll do and and will you get injured? Will you not get injured? What other pre existing kind of injuries are you coming into the sport with? That's another thing to take into consideration. But It does, you can, you can get injured in any sport that you do if you're not careful with it. It's common Uh, sense. So it's.
0: Yes, you can get injured. I've tweaked my back, putting on my socks, you know, just dumb (laughs) things happen. I've always, I've always felt like there's a cost to doing CrossFit or the gym or having that be part of your life. And yes, there, there's an inherent risk to everything we do, but there's also a cost and risk to not doing anything too, Yep. where just the inactivity, the not moving, it, it Yep. there's so many benefits about having fitness be part of uh, just a healthy lifestyle in general i've also always felt that crossfit is such a blanket term that when someone says crossfit gets you injured it's it's not really saying what part of crossfit or or, or yep. why they feel it's gonna get you injured but just to say crossfit is gonna get you injured is i i've I always felt it's a little naive at times but yep
1: i agree yeah
0: so th- those are good ones those are those are really common. That gets you injured. Um, that you have to be fit to do it. And um, all right, Carol. The final question, and this is one that's going to be a little bit different than our normal for you. But we talked about you know what first brought you to Strong Town or kind of what first brought you to the gym. Um, you know, especially going on to this next chapter of your life. I'm trying to figure out how. But what motivates you to keep fitness being part of your lifestyle going forward?
1: Uh, I, I mean there was this one quote where they talked about like being poor is hard being rich is hard being unhealthy is hard being healthy is hard you know being in a relationship is hard not being in relationship like think like life is hard so choose your hard right and i'm butchering the quote but so for me staying physically fit it's not like it's easy but I, i really enjoy it um and it's important and it's important that For me, being um, healthy is incredibly important. I think it's because of uh, the way I was raised. My dad raised us to have our health be our number one priority. And then, no, I saw him pass away too, and he got sick, and he was always healthy his whole life. So just always physical fitness to me is just incredibly important. Like we can't – one cannot afford to – not make their fitness number one priority in their lives. Like right. that, that should be number one priority. And it doesn't mean you have to do CrossFit, but you know you have to make your physical fitness and your mental fitness um, priority in your life. It's just yeah. too important not to.
0: And you know, we see it every day with our mother, and she's in here three times a week. She does her squats, Oh her my gosh, I
1: love seeing your mom in here. And, it's um, incredible.
0: its It's been an incredibly enabling experience for her. Yep, the, and and she sees that She's in Heritage Village now, and she does see all these people who. I, it's tough because I think once the other thing, uh, the other common myth is that that people are too old to start. Um,
1: yep, that is another common myth.
0: And and she, she's very quick to tell people she started when she was sixty-seven, and she had never done this before. She used to walk in the driveway, and, and you know she'd go to the grocery store and wait for the boys to carry the bags in for her, and now. There's a point when they're getting out of the house where it was like telling her to get off the ladder, quit trying to paint things, and she's like Mighty Mouse right now. And um but it's been good for her bone density. It's good for her blood. It's been uh, all the things you know these key indi- indicators of health that sort of tend to deteriorate as we get a little bit older. Yep, it's been really good to help her sort of maintain that strength, and she feels stronger now at 77 than she's than she's ever felt, oh, which is amazing. Bad, and
1: I'm sure. And that's another thing too. And I want to give your mother props because there was this. Uh, one post that I saw how it talked about how our culture celebrates like the 30 under 30 or the 40 under 40, Mm -hmm. you know, how all of these young adults have accomplished so much in their lives so early on. But let's celebrate those that picked up CrossFit at 67 or went back to school at 60 or 70 to get their master's or PhD. Like, let's celebrate those folks at say, hey, it's not about trying to do everything as quickly as possible, right? you know, as young as possible. To me, you know, c- success and accomplishment are those that continue to try to better themselves and it's not about it's too late or I'm too old. And that to me is so much more inspiring than no, seeing the 30-year-old really that accomplished whatever they accomplished.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. It's something that I think it often gets overlooked. And, and CrossFit has done a decent job over the years of trying to highlight some of these older master athletes and not just focus on sort of the, the, the elite of the games. And um, it, it's, and what, what's amazing about it too, is I think there are, there are a lot of those stories yep. and there's a few masters athletes who I follow and they're in their sixties and seventies and it's just, it's very inspiring.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, I always joke, have you listened to, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. The guy who runs Bulletproof, Dave oh. Asprey. Okay. He always he he has a, a podcast too and he he he's like a longevity, I guess, enthusiast. And he always asks his um podcast guests how long they want to live. So I'm gonna actually ask you, how long do you want to live for?
0: How long do I want to <laughs> yeah. live for? Oh boy. Age. Um yeah, I I'd like to live into my nineties. Okay. I think yeah. that'd be a good goal. Um i like to be healthy or active for as long as, as I can do. I always say fitness is a long game.
1: Yep. Yep. So I think, I don't know what his number is. I think his number is like 180 and he, and he, and he genuinely believes it. Okay. Um, so listening to him, I'm thinking, okay, my number is actually 120. <laughs>
0: 120.
1: Yep. I want to live to 120 because I like the idea that I'm only a third into my life. Yeah. And also, yeah, I want to be able to live until 120. I think that just gives me 80 more years of a little less than 80 more years of doing whatever it is that I want to do. So that's why another reason why health is so important yeah. to get me to live to 120. Um, but not just longevity, like quality of life as well.
0: I, th- I think that's a great goal. Yeah. I would not have thought of 180 or 120. <laughs> yeah. I just turned 40. So I, I feel like I, it's a, uh, it, it's a weird thing when you start thinking about, you know, those milestones of like, Oh, I'm a, Quarter through my life or halfway through or things like that but
1: yeah
0: I think it's important just to try to enjoy every day
1: yep absolutely
0: yeah so Carol Mm -hmm. I have to thank you for coming on the show today thank Um, you for having me it was awesome to have you I'm excited to sort of follow you on this next sort of chapter and journey and and, uh follow your fitness adventures
1: hope I don't disappoint (laughs) um
0: you normally I share people's Instagram handles mm-hmm. so people can sort of follow you if they want to uh, check out what you're doing. It's, I believe it's Cho Mama yes. for you, Cho Mama yes. 13 or...
1: Yep. I think it's something like that, yeah.
0: And uh, so people can follow you on Instagram and yeah. Yeah, is, uh, do you have any parting words?
1: No, this has been a great experience. What a wonderful way to kind of tie up my experience here at Strongtown. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, you, know, you mentioned, I found out that the other day you were leaving on the 28th, which is coming mm-hmm. up soon, so... Um, I know we talked about getting you on the podcast. and This was a bit of a, a quick like throw together to mm-hmm. try to get you on here before or, you know, while you're still around. Yep. And it's, uh, it, I think it's really cool because this is something that will just sort of like live, you know, forever. Yes. On, on the interwebs. Yes. But, <laughs> right, Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. thank you for listening to another episode of Strongtown Talks. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. We are always grateful for any feedback we get.